This is the Sanctuary LA podcast. We are a real church for real people in the heart of downtown Los Angeles. Sanctuary LA, you are blessed. I'm just always uh, blessed by social media and and, uh, the expression of what you guys are doing on this corner and in this community and what God is doing in uh, this house. And can I tell you that the best is yet to come. The rest is yet to come. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard the things that God has prepared for those that love him and those of you that have set your heart and your mind and your passion after all that God is. If you're like me, amen, I'm not trying to be big. I'm not trying to get no big name. I'm not even trying to get rich, amen. I really want to be right in the very center of what God's will is from my life. And uh, my wife and I, we just uh, celebrated 39 years of marriage on yesterday. But the reason why uh, a decision for me was made to uh, have the Lord to come into my life is because she made a decision. She made a decision, man, when we were like just uh, 19, 18, 19, and she uh, got saved and just messed everything up for, for a dude that wasn't saved. You know, we had already been to the rodeo. We already had a child, you know what I mean? And so my oldest son was born uh, two weeks before my 18th birthday. But man, she gave her heart to the Lord, man, and she wasn't taking it back. I mean, you know, the things that we used to do, we didn't do anymore. She really made it a point that she would have a sanctified life before God and that she wanted to really honor God. And I honored that. And uh, even though I kind of felt like I should have been the one, you know, to lead the way, I'm so thankful that God used her, that he would put his hands on my life and not just put his hands on my life. But the minute I got involved in ministry or got saved, man, I went in full fledged. I felt like I wasn't going to play with this. You know, God had delivered me from angel dust and and all of this other stuff, man. And just one day, I'm one of those guys that when I got saved, when I gave my life to the Lord, the, the, the appetite for cigarettes and alcohol and dope and pills and all that stuff, in just one moment of time, God totally delivered me, totally delivered me. And so I come from the place of knowing that he's able to just straight out body slam every demon on an assignment against your life. And I don't think that he has to wait years and years and years to get you delivered, although he can do it now. And if he don't do it now, you can give him a post-dated praise for it now, and he can do it later. But what I'm saying is that he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think, whatever we can imagine, whatever it is that we could think. He's God, and he's not just God. He's a mighty God. He's a strong tower. He's able to do whatever he wants to do. He can just simply stand where he is and speak a word and his word will ride upon the zephyrs of the wind and get to where it needs to be and cause people to be healed and delivered and straight jacked up in the presence of God. And so I'm just thankful, amen, for who he is and for what he's doing. And I just wanna share with you on this morning, and again, I honor my wife, amen, and I honor Crystal Gale and of course, Pastor, Uh, Pastor Sean, and all of you that are in the house on today, will you give God a hand praise because you're still here, still standing? And the power of all of that, man, is that I don't know what you've gone through for 2018, but here we are at the very end of 2018, and we're still here. We're still standing. Our hands are still lifted up. Our mouths are filled with praise. We let the devil know that we're still here, and no matter what has come against us, God has been in control. He's been on the throne. His word is true. The devil is a liar. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And I'm here to tell you, man, that the best is yet to come, and I don't know if there's anybody in the room that 
that's anticipating or expecting the more from God. And see, I get a little excited. I'm not like one of them quiet dudes, amen. When God touches me, when he turned me, I just, I'm like the dude at the football field that when dude catches the piece of leather and crosses the goal, everybody stands up, knocks beer over, shouts and scream. Well, I serve the God that wins all the time, 24-7. And so I, I, I might yell, I might scream, I might put my face on the carpet. I don't know what God wants to do in the room today, but whatever he wants to do, I'm saying, here I am, God. Use me, send me, touch me, turn me, help me, heal me, whatever it is that you want to do. Because I'm convinced whenever God shows up in a room, crooked legs still are made straight. Whenever God shows up in the room, blinded eyes are still open. Whenever God shows up in a room, he speaks peace to an unsettled mind and an unsettled heart because he's still God. But I've learned to give myself to whatever it is that God wants to do because I always I'm convinced that no matter what, every day that I wake up, I know that God wants to do something. And I believe that God wants to do something in this room today. I'm going to ask if you would turn in your Bibles to the book of uh, Judges chapter 16, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, uh, Judges, the book of Judges chapter 16. Probably in the, in the past six months, I've been doing some study and some writing around the topic or the theme of weapons of mass distraction. Weapons of mass distraction. I have discovered that there are things in my life that when the enemy tries to take me out of a certain zone, if he tries to take me out of a certain place in God, he oftentimes will not attack my strength, but he will attack the weaknesses of my life. Uh, there are weaknesses, and so I want to talk about a strong man who had struggles. But I also want to deal with the subject of distractions. There are so many distractions. There's the weapons of mass distractions. There are distractions that are distractions of satisfaction. You can be so comfortable being satisfied that it never gives you a hunger and a thirst for the more of who God is because I'm just simply satisfied. I don't need any more. I don't need to go to church multiple times a week. I mean, I'm cool. You know, if I went on a Wednesday, why am I going on a Sunday? You know, people actually think like that. It's the, the, the distraction of satisfaction. If the enemy can get you comfortable, then he knows that you will not move or hunger for the more of God. I never want to be comfortable. I always want to have a greater appetite. Pastor Sean was saying that there's more. I want more of God. I'm not satisfied with what I have. And I'm not satisfied with what I have because there's more from God. There's more. There's more of God. Somebody shout more. Somebody shout more. There's more that God has for us. And so I want the more of God. But I have come to find out that whenever I go to step into the next thing that God has, the next page, the next phase, the next stage of what he's got for my life, there's always things like distractions that come. And so I want to deal with the subject of distraction. And I want to begin reading at verse 1. Verse 1. And it says, uh, now Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there and went in to her. And so this begins with a fail. Samson, the strong man, the strong man, the strong man who had struggles. Samson went into Gaza and saw a harlot there and went in to her. And when the Gazites were told Samson has come up here, they surrounded the place and they laid in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. 
there were, uh, they were there quiet all night saying, in the morning when it is day, we will kill him. And Samson lay low till midnight. Then he arose at midnight, took hold of the doors of the gate of the city and the two gateposts, pulled them up, bar and all, put them on his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. Afterward, it happened uh, that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. You have to be careful who you meet when you're vulnerable. Uh, verse 5 says, And the lords of the Philistines came up to her and said, Entice, afflict him, and every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength lies and with what you may be bound to afflict you. Drop down to verse 16, verse 16. And it came to pass that when she pestered him daily, God grant me victory over my day. When she pestered him daily with her words and pressed him that his soul was so vexed unto death that he told her all of his heart and said unto her, No razor has come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's birth. If I am shaven, then my strength will leave me and I will become weak just like any other man. Let me stop right there because that's an indication that Samson realized that he was not like any other man. I am not average. I am not common. I am not usual. I am not normal. When the hand of God is on your life, you are not average. Some of you right now, you're wrestling with trying to be like somebody else or wrestling like trying to do something else or trying to align with somebody else because you are struggling with who God put his hand on you to be. Can I tell you something? The best thing that you could ever give God is you and to give God the real you, to give God the you that he made you to be the God that he formed you to be. Before I formed thee in the belly, he told the prophet, I knew you. Before I even allowed you to be a glean in your daddy's eye, your lips are not like anybody else's. I formed you and I want you to be you. And I want to use the you that I knew before you were born. And so when I get to know the me that God knew before I was born, then I operate in what he called me to be. That's a different message. And so he told her all of his heart. He says, no razor shall come upon me. If I'm shaven, I am going to be weak just like any other man. And so when Delilah saw, verse 18, that he had told her all of his heart, and she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, come up once more, for he has told me all of his heart. So the lords of the Philistines came up to her and brought the money in her hand. Yeah, honey was about that money. Mm -hmm. uh, then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for the man that he would shave off the seven locks of his head. And then she began to torment him, torment him and, and his strength left him. She said to him, Fanson, the Philistines are upon thee. And she awoke and he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as other times and shake myself. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Then the Philistines took him and put his eyes out. 
Uh, the enemy doesn't just come for your strength, but he comes for your sight. Gaza and bound him with bronze fetters, and he became a grinder in the prison. However, the hair of his head began to grow back after it was shaven. Let's deal with this. Let me share with you something that uh, I, I never want to show up anywhere and just kind of give some kind of canned message, you know. Let me just bring my best stuff. No, I always want to be sensitive to what God may want to do in the room because I'm very sensitive to everybody in this room. There's a purpose beating in your chest where you were not just born to die. And even though you may not even recognize what your purpose is and may, you, you, you may not even come to the place where you process that yet. Before you were ever born, God ordained you and assigned you and announced you. And uh, the reason I know that is because I look at people in the Word. And so this is what God uh, told me to share with you before I even get into the message, that the success of your year 2019 is going to be determined on how well you are going to be able to remain focused, 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 focused under fire, focused under pressure, focused in the face of problems, focused in your fight, whatever your fight will be, focused. Uh, focused in the face of opposition, focused in the face of resistance. Your level of fruitfulness for 219 will be determined by the level of your focus. In other words, how well you deal with your distractions. Your success will be determined not just by your focus, but it's also going to be determined by the level of commitment to the application of God's word in your world, God's word in your war. There is a word for your war. There is a word for your fight. No weapon formed against you will prosper. The gates of hell shall not prevail against you. If God be for you, he's more. There is a word for the war in in your world and so understand that your victory is not going to come it's not going to be established because you make a new year's resolution your victory is going to be established for two, not 2019 because not because of a a a a a, a uh, uh, a resolution that, that, that I've got a New Year's resolution but God give me a New Year's revelation what are you telling me to do what am I supposed to do your hand is in my back where are you pushing me what is the center of your your will concerning me concerning my life concerning my family and so let's deal with this dude uh, the purpose of distraction the purpose of distraction is to distract you from your purpose it's just that simple the enemy comes to distract you to get you off course to get you uh, off center to get you to stop focusing on the thing that God has called you to do that God has given you birth to do birth to be you were not just born to die there's purpose beating in your chest and so the purpose of distraction is to get you off of your purpose Ah, God help me to do this. Every purpose has an opponent. And no wonder every time you go to do good, evil's always present with you. No wonder when you go to move into the things of God, there's always an assault against you. There's always something that comes against you. Am I talking to anybody in the room? Every time I go to do good, Paul said, every time I go to do good, evil is always present with me. He says, I got issues. He said, the thing that I would not do, I find myself doing it because I got issues. He says that I, 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 God elevated 
elevated me to the third heaven. I saw things, man, that I can't even articulate, things that I can't even express to you, things that I can't even tell you. I can't even form my words to tell you what it was that I saw. And even after being in God's presence at that level, understanding that level of anointing and that level of presence, that level of power, that level of promise before God, here I am standing here asking God, will you deliver me from this thing that has been attached to me? It's like uh, the enemy is attacking me. He's assaulting me. And he said, I asked God three times, will you take it away from me? And God said, no, what do you do with a no from God? You cannot let the no from God distract you from being what it is that he called you to be. And he says that my grace is sufficient for you. It's really the same grace. It's the same grace if he delivers you. It's the same grace if he doesn't deliver you. It's the same grace. Grace is his grace, whether he's got you on the mountaintop or whether you're somewhere else in between that place. It's his same grace. But he never, he never abandons his purpose for your life. And so I want to encourage somebody in the room today to help you to understand that no no matter what it is that you're facing uh, the victory is going to come as you learn how to deal with the distractions in your life let's deal with this text and so verse 16 it starts with a fail and let me just say that that it starts with a fail and what I love about God is that I was reading in, in, in Ecclesiastes where it was saying that uh, even though uh, you deal with a fail uh, uh, it's 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 never the beginning of the matter it's always the end of the matter and so when it starts with a fail, it's really all right. Because just because you fail does not mean you're a failure. Just because you have fallen does not necessarily mean that you need to stop there. I'm not a failure because I failed. I'm a failure when I quit. And so there's somebody in the room that the enemy is frustrated with you because every time he tries to get you to stop, man, you cannot be stopped. You cannot be blocked. When you're discouraged, you find yourself with your, 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 your forehead on the carpet and your butt in the air saying God I have no strength but I need you to touch me to turn me to help me to heal me I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it but God I'm bowing in your presence because I understand that in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy and I need my joy back I need you to revive me I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it have you ever had all the wind knocked out of you but you found yourself with nothing bowing in God's presence and he began to touch you and mold you and shape you and make you and frame you and you found yourself getting back on your feet and you found yourself saying God for you I live and for you I die and I'm ready to do this all over again because the enemy cannot stop and block what God has called and so what he tries to do because he cannot stop you he tries to distract you whatever he cannot stop whatever he cannot uh, uh, stop from moving forward he will create distractions to stop you and to block you and so Judges 16 begins with the fail and if you were to read Judges chapter 13 you'll find that the very first mention of Samson the very first mention of Samson with Manoah is when the angel comes and he tells uh, Manoah Samson's dad that listen and his mom that you're gonna give birth to this to this to this boy and uh, um, he is going to begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. And so that's the assignment. 
before he's even coming he's announced and then he's announced and he's told that he's got an assignment he says that he's going to begin to deliver Israel from out of the hands of the Philistines could it be possible could it be possible that God gave you birth God gave me birth could it be possible that the reason why your mom could not abort you the reason why when the car flipped over it didn't kill you the reason why you had a condition in your body and the doctor said that you're not gonna be able to make it but here you are sitting here looking at me listening to me could it be could it be could it be now let's 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 maybe do some critical thinking could it be possible because Samson the Bible says that Samson is going to begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines could it be that you're still here because heaven had a problem that he gave you birth to deal with perhaps that's I'm just reading scripture I'm just reading the scripture that Samson was born to deal with a problem because heaven had a problem that Samson had to be born to deal with and maybe that's the reason why the devil can't kill you maybe that's the reason why you're still here and even though you may be frustrated and agitated and irritated with some things going on in your life you cannot be stopped or blocked because there is a hand in your back and God says that the reason why I gave you birth to be born John is because heaven needs to deal with an issue and so Samson came and began to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines he was called he was anointed he was appointed what I love about God is that Samson was anointed but Samson was anointed with issues yeah 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 he had issues he he had struggles he was a strong man he's a strong man with struggles he, he I mean I mean you know he was called from the foundation of his birth but he was a strong man with struggles now see when we talk about Samson uh, we, we we associate him with Samson and Delilah and we associate Samson with being the strong man and he is the strong man but he is a strong man who has struggles and that helps me to resonate and I want to just thank God let me just stop for a minute and just give God praise for putting people in the Bible that look like me the Bible never described Samson it never said that Samson was chiseled it never says that he was nine feet tall it's interesting that the Bible describes Goliath but it never describes Samson and maybe it doesn't describe Samson because what happened what would be if Samson really looked like Pastor Sean Mandoli I, I say mandily because I just like to say mandily. What, what, because the Bible never said that he was chiseled. The Bible never said that he had veins all over his body. The Bible never says that it was about triceps and, and, and biceps. And I believe that the Bible didn't do that because he did not want us to think that the reason why Samson was the man of strength that he was is because he worked out at the gym. But it was because the power and the spirit of the Lord was resting on his life. And whenever the power and the spirit of God rests on a man or a woman's life they are able to do exploits they're able to do things in their life that their flesh is unable to do but they're able to do it because the power and the Spirit of God rested upon him and so when we think of Samson I don't want you to think of him as a strong man because he went to work out but he was this strong man because when this prop when the pressure when the power of God and the, the the presence of God would rest on his life he would do things that men could not do in their flesh that speaks to me to let me know pastor Sean is that it's in critical and it's important that the presence of God the power of God rest upon my life and that I live in such a way 
where I can experience the very power and presence of God. He's more than just a savior. He's healer still. He's more than this. Uh, Pastor Sean was talking to somebody that said that you're going to lay hands on somebody and devils are going to come out. Sickness is going to be rebuked. That is the Jesus of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I know we've softened him up and made him just this kind of character, just saved. But he's a God that when he speaks, his word thunders through the throat of them that would decree it and declare it. And the devil recognizes it. He begins to get schizophrenic and nervous when he sees someone come in the power and in the demonstration. Paul says that when I came, I came not with the words of men's wisdom, but I came in the power and in the demonstration. Is there anybody that's stepping into 2019 saying that, you know what? I'm not coming to, to, to tickle somebody's ear. I'm not coming. When I go into a hospital room to lay hands on the sick, the sick will recover. When I lay hands on cancer, cancer will respect the power and presence of God. And I know I'm just getting a few claps because some of you don't really understand or believe that. But I've seen people healed of cancer. I've seen dead, a dead woman and a dead man come back to life twice. I've seen things with my eyes that it makes me believe that this word is not just black and white on pages. But Jesus is real. Jesus is alive. Jesus is still body slamming demons and devils in every stronghold of the enemy. And he is here today. With an anointing resting upon somebody, a Samson, a Samantha, a Sammy, a Sam. I don't know who you are in the room, but his hand is on you. And you may be feeling like, I don't know if he's got me, but because you've got issues. And your issues do not disqualify you from being used. Samson had issues, but his issues did not disqualify him from being used. Can I give you more word? There's a woman that is at a well. She goes to this well. She's a Samaritan woman, and she goes to Jacob's well, and she's got buckets. And the Bible says that she brings her buckets there, and she sees this dude sitting on the well. And this dude is a well sitting on a well. His name is Jesus. And he's sitting there and she starts having a conversation. He has a dialogue with her. The first thing that he says is, hey, uh, uh, hey, hey go, go get your man. Go, go get your husband. And she says, I don't have a husband. And he says, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five husbands. Yeah, you've had five husbands. And, and if I was a woman, I would probably preach that a little different. Men preach it one way. Women would preach it another way. I don't know what her issues were, but she had issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all have issues. And so they have this dialogue, they have this conversation, and she gets into the spiritual, oh my father, you know, we worship on all that stuff. She starts breaking out with religion, and he says, listen, I just need you to understand something. Uh, I'm asking you for some water, but if you knew who I was, you would ask water of me, because I am the living water. The Bible says that she runs after having a conversation, after having an encounter with this Jesus, with this whale that's sitting on the, on the edge of a whale. She has this conversation with him, and she runs into the sea. And, and leaves her water pots because whenever you have a real encounter with Jesus, man, you will leave some stuff. You'll forget what that was. You'll forget about him. You'll forget about her. You'll forget about your supervisor. You'll forget about your problems, your finances. You'll forget about because whenever you have an encounter with who he really is, he fills you with the kind of experience and expression that you just don't know what to do with. She left her pots and ran into the city and the Bible says that she got to the city and she says, come and see a man that's told me everything about me. Is he not the Christ? She, she gets the whole city one because she had an encounter, but she was a woman with issues, but her issues did not disqualify her 
from winning a city. She wasn't disqualified. And so here we are with this Samson. And we can't talk about Samson and not talk about Delilah because many people think that Delilah's hips, lips, and fingertips. We think Delilah is a woman. But in the Bible, Delilah is a woman. But Delilah can be anything that pulls you out of the strength of God. Delilah can be a man. Delilah can be a woman. Delilah can be a job. Delilah can be all the time that you spend on the football field training your son and church is never an option in your life. Anything that comes to take you out of the strength of God, that is Delilah. Delilah is not just reserved for any man. Delilah is reserved for the strong man. She is designed and designated to distract him from the thing that keeps him walking in the strength and in the promise and in the power and in the presence of God. That is Delilah. And so Delilah shows up, but he shows up. The Bible says that the first thing that happens in, in, in uh, chapter 1 of verse 16, or in, in, in verse 1 of chapter 16, is that he comes and he ends up bumping into uh, this woman from the red light district. Now understand something. Here is a strong man. Here is a man that is anointed. Here's a, no, a man that's got the hand of God on his life. Here's a man that God had given him an assignment, given him an order before he was even born. But if you know anything about Samson, Samson had a failed marriage. Samson was out doing church work. And while he was gone in a way, his, his father-in-law gave his wife to his best friend. And so when he comes back, his father-in-law says that you, you don't have her. He said, I thought, you know, you were gone. I thought that you just weren't here. And so this is not just a strong man with struggles, but now this is a strong man that may be distraught, that may be a little depressed. As a strong man because we go through some things. And it, it amazes me that oftentimes we teach that if you know God and if you walk with God, you don't go anything through anything man but I'm here to tell you that man the top is the target anybody man that's going to serve God oftentimes you will go through things that nobody else will go through man you'll be in your room all by yourself at night fighting depression and you you never grew up depressed you'll find yourself man fighting things in your mind and fighting back issues and dramas and traumas that you've never experienced before and the only reason why you're fighting that is because there's a call on your life there's a weight of a word that is on your life and God is not going to let it up or let you let it go because there's a weight of a word on your life and oftentimes I've discovered that men or women that carry the weight of a word on their life they tend to go through things no wonder you see a pastor that will commit suicide that just recently happened no wonder you'll find a man that is in a, in a hotel room and you find this preacher that's got the best life he's ever had going for him on, on TBN on this on that and you'll find him dead in the room simply because because there is a level of pressure pressure is often the will of God on your life to do what the will of God is for your life and some of us we go to vices because I've got pressure on me and it's just the weight of a word and you can't and, and that's where Samson is he's got a weight of a word on his life it is the distraction of distinction and some of us are trying so hard to be like somebody else and God is saying I never made you to be anybody else I never want you to be anybody else. I made you and designed you uniquely to be who you are for the assignment that I have for this generation simply with your name attached to it. You cannot be anybody else. You've got to be what I've called you to be. 
And the enemy fights us with the distraction of distinction. And so Samson is distinct. The Bible says this of him when it talks to his mom says, listen, this is what I need you to understand is that, listen, he's unique. He's distinct. He's exempt. He can't drink anything strong, so be careful with him. You got to be careful with him. You can't cut his hair. He is going to walk around with a distinction on his life. He's not going to be like everybody else. His church is not going to be like everybody else's. His ministry is not going to be like everybody else's. His life is not going to be like everybody else's. His life is not going to be a mirror of somebody else. He is distinct and exempt. I am, Miss Jennifer, distinct and exempt. Others may, I may not. Others can, I cannot. Because there's a call on my life and I'm asking God to keep the anointing fresh on my life and I've got enough demons to fight I've got enough devils to confront that I cannot be tied up into trying to look like you and be like you and preach like you we're the only people that have a like or dislike for what God is doing some of us if you teach I don't like the way he teach if you preach man the dude spits he's spitting cotton and fanning like a windmill and God loves all of it we're the only ones that sit back and say I don't like it but God's saying do it man preach it use him God is laying his hands on people for this generation and anybody that comes to understand that listen I'm not gonna try to be like anybody else if I stand here and I preach and I spit and I sweat so be it I am going to give God the best Johnny Thompson that I can give him not trying to be anybody else because what he bought gave me birth to be I must do what he called me to do let me get into this amen and get you out of here and let's pray and so here's Samson uh, uh, dealing with his uniqueness, dealing with his difference. And so Delilah comes onto the scene and says, Samson, where is your strength? Where, where is your strength? And they said, seduce him. And I've discovered that the way that the enemy seduces you is that he, he always comes after the place of your weakness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he can't pull you from out up under the blood. He can't stop you. He can't prohibit you. But what he can do is kind of pull you out. If he can pull you out. Let me give you a word for that. The Bible says that when uh, uh, God spoke to Moses and said, listen, we're getting ready to do something with you as a community. We're getting ready to bring you out of here. But what I need for you to do is I need you to take the lamb unspotted and I need you to, to kill the lamb. And I want you to take the blood of the lamb and put it on the doorpost. See, I'm old school. I still believe in applying the blood of Jesus over the doorpost I believe in going in my house and, and and not real blood for those of you that may not understand but what signifies the blood of Jesus see I've got a bottle of oil that I carry with me because the Bible says if there's any sick among you let them call for the elders of the church let them anoint them with all let them pray the prayer of faith and the Lord will raise them up and so I carry this bullet with me and so the houses that I moved into I've taken the oil and I said God I want this to to be representation of your blood because you said that when 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 death passes by by it will see the blood and when it sees the blood it'll keep on going and so I apply the blood of Jesus and so I know that the enemy cannot come up under the blood but if he can get me seduced outside of the blood then he will be able to do whatever he chooses to do with me he can't come up under the blood but if he can seduce you out from up 
under it. And that's all that Delilah was doing. That's all she was doing is trying to get him to come out from up under your covenant, come out from up under your promise, come out from up under what God called you to do, come out. Where is your strength? Where is your strength, man of God? And he says that if my locks are cut off, I'll be just like any other man. And the minute that his distinction was removed, he became subject to the hand and the will of the enemy. Never release the distinction of God on your life. His power was in his covenant. It wasn't his hair, but it was in the covenant of the one that created his hair. That's, that's where it was. That's, that's where it was. And so here he is. He says this. He, he says that I'm going to go out just like I always did. And the Bible says he didn't realize that uh, the spirit had been lifted from him. That because he had broke covenant with God, he no longer operated in the power of God. I don't know about you, man, but I understand what it feels like. In the years that I've walked with God, I understand what it feels like to know that I'm outside of God's will. And I don't have the power to move forward in the things of God. There's been nights, man, that I wept and I cried and said, God, give it back to me. I want it back. I know I'm out of your will. Listen to me. I brought everything to church. Everything to church. I've been, we've been in church ever since we got married, so we're looking at 39 years. We, we, we've been committed to the will of the Lord for 39 years or even more. And I brought everything to church. I brought my backsliding to church. I brought my confusion to church. Man, I would be sitting up in the building, man, and I would just hope that the Spirit of the Lord wouldn't put a spotlight on me and everybody could see what I was going through. But man, I brought that mess to church. I brought that junk to church. And it didn't matter what I was. It didn't matter what I was fighting with, what I was struggling with. Man, I brought that stuff to church. And let me just encourage somebody that's in the room. The enemy gets schizophrenic when he sees you getting up in the morning and says, man, I pressed you. Man, I put so much pressure on you. I can't believe that you're getting up and getting dressed and putting on your makeup and pulling your hair back in a bun talking about I gotta get to church after all of the pressure that I put on you because he understands that man if you just get that stuff to church you're gonna be alright with your hands lifted up and your mouth filled with praise so many times man when I got to church God released me the thing that had me bound is now the thing that is up under my feet and I took it to church it's a blessing to go to be in a church where the word is being preached where bondage is being broken with fetters or being destroyed where the anointing destroys the yoke of God. He's a mighty God. He's able to do everything, to break everything, to bind everything, to release you from any hang-up that you're hung up on. God is still God and he's able to break bondage in your life. I can't believe that it is 12, 35. And my plan was to be finished at 12.25. Let me wrap it all the way up. Amen. Amen. I appreciate that. I want to respect the house. The Bible says that he is bound. And when they catch him, and the story's not over, and I love, I want to appreciate God because even though we see the weakness of a strong man and we see the enemy putting his hands on him and we see things happening in his life that really shouldn't have happened in his life it doesn't mean that God is finished and it doesn't mean that it's over because it looks like it's over it's never over until God says it's over 
You can say it all you want. It's not over until God says that it's over. Look at your neighbor and say that he's talking to you. It's, he's talk, it's not over until God says that it's over. And so when it looks like it's his worst, the Bible says that they capture him, that they bind him, they make a spectacle of him. And now they've got this dude, Samson, doing like performing like a circus animal. Not only did they take his strength, but they also took his sight. And you have to be careful uh, because distraction will not just take you out of the strength of God. It will also remove your sight. See, some of us, it, it took strength to get here. It took strength to even make it to this last Sunday of 2018 for some of us. I mean, it, it took some real strength to do that. For some of us that are still sitting here in our right minds and having some level of peace in our mind, it took strength for that to happen. For some of us to have gone through some things, some of us went through some death in our family. Some of us have gone through some tragedies. Some of us have gone through some traumas. And here we are sitting here looking good and smelling good, smelling like you bathed in Victoria's Secrets, Bab Jail. Amen. Sitting here. It took some strength for you to get here. It took some power. It took some strength. And so the enemy is not just after your strength, but he's after your sight. What I mean by that is that if he can take your strength and your sight, then he knows that he's got double, double for his trouble. But the Bible says that he took his strength, but it also took his sight. Because it, see, we're not losing the battle because we have no strength. We're losing the battle because we can't see any further than our fight. You got to be able to see further than your fight. In other words, that means that the, the doctor said that there's a condition in my body, but I see further than the words of the doctor. I see further than my fight. I see myself healed. You got to see yourself further in the fight and in the battle that you're in and because when he took his eyes out he wasn't just trying to get his strength he was trying to get his sight trying to get his vision anybody got a vision for 2019 anybody got a vision amen entrepreneurial vision anybody got a vision for ministry anybody got a vision that you're going to go lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover anybody got a vision that strongholds are going to be broken anybody got a vision that man next year this time I'm going to be better not bitter but I'm going to be better because I'm going to operate in the authority and in the power of God and everything that he is there is a vision the enemy comes to take away your sight I see myself healed I see myself delivered I see this place filled up when me and Nathan was walking from Nathaniel walking from the parking lot I was thinking to myself man there's gonna come a day where you guys are gonna have to get more than two parking spaces you're gonna have to get more than what you have right now and the enemy does not want that vision to come to pass but he can't do anything about the vision the Bible says that his hair started growing back what that means is that God was not finished with him you have to see further than your fight. Two more points and let me shut it down. You gotta see further than your fight. Elijah, they were surrounded by enemies and Elijah's servant said, say, 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 Elijah, it's been nice, man, but it looks like today's gonna be our last day. It looks like we're not gonna be able to make it any further than this because all surrounded, we're surrounded by enemies on every side, we're surrounded. And this is what Elijah prayed. He said, Lord, open up his eyes that he may see because God has to be revealed. And when he looked around, the Bible says that it, it, it was cold-blooded. I'm sorry, that's, 
that's hood, that's a hood phrase. Uh, it, it was so cold-blooded because when he looked around, the Bible says that the servant saw chariots of fire all around him. Can I tell you that you're not by yourself? Can I tell you that the angels of the Lord are on campus round about you to deliver you? Can I tell you that there's chariots of fire? Can I tell you that your angel does not look like Kevin Hart? Can I tell you that he looks like a tree? He looks huge and he's ready to wait for the go of God but he's waiting for you to say God let's do this let's move on this let's I'm not gonna let anything stop me or block me I'm moving on it and he's just waiting for word because he cannot take your sight don't let him take your sight don't let him distract you understand what you've got going for you I'm gonna say this and pray Somebody say, I, I, I have to understand. Come on, say it, say it, say it, say it. Put it in the atmosphere. I have to understand what I have going for me. The Bible says that his hair began to grow, meaning that God was going to finish what he started. God was going to complete what he began. The Bible lets me know that it's he that had begun a good work in me, and he will perform it. There was a, a, a man that took his family he was a pilot he took his family on a vacation the plane crashed in the mountains snow-covered mountains the story reads that once he got to once the crew got up to find the plane crash and the family they took all the bodies down from the, the crash site when they did an autopsy on all of the bodies they discovered that all of the bodies, with exception to one, were killed on impact. But the one died of starvation. There was a little boy that died of starvation. He did not die because of the impact of life, I'm sorry, the impact of the crash. What blew away the coroners is that they didn't understand why this boy didn't survive because three feet away from his body were dry goods and water and so it blew them away that he didn't die from the impact of the crash he died because he did not know what he had going for him just three feet away dried goods bottled water if he would have known what he had going for him he would have survived the crash the reason why we're sitting here and we survived is because it wasn't the impact of life we survive because we've had bread we've survived because we've had living water and in going through and getting ready to position ourselves for 2019, it's going to be this word. It's gonna be the direction of God's word for your life and your focus concerning this word. And I wanna pray for this house because there's an assignment on this house, not just to be a church, but to be on this corner, a blaze of fire, fire consumes. Fire ignites fire. Fire. Ah, I hear you, God. Mm. 
Just recently, we've experienced some fires, Pastor Sean. And the reason why other homes would catch on fire is because there were these little small pieces of blaze that would blow in the wind and it would carry itself to a different location and the thing that was next to it would catch fire. And so when we catch on fire, when we understand the identity of this house, this ministry, this church, it's not just supposed to be here randomly. There's no such thing as a random church if it's called by God. It has purpose, it has identity, it has assignment. There's an identity and an assignment that's attached to this ministry. God says that he wants this ministry to be a blaze of fire. And when it's a blaze of fire, fire catches fire. A man said to him, a preacher, he says, listen, I just want to be so on fire that when I stand up, people will just come and watch me. Every head bowed and way over my time. Thank you for listening to the Sanctuary LA podcast. Tune in again next week and stay awesome and be blessed.